What's up, guys? Welcome to the Granger Smith Podcast, episode 33. Thank you for watching and thank you for listening. I'm grateful for this platform to be able to speak my mind, exercise the First Amendment right that I have here in America. And this is the first podcast in my new office. I'm at Yee Yee Farm in the headquarters of Yee Yee Apparel. I created this um, this space so that we could do these podcasts, and we could and we um, could do. Me and the band have talked about doing some live streaming in here, playing some music. So, and that's an interesting thing we should talk about is that be looking on my social media coming up. Be looking for us to be putting out one or two or three live streams a week. We're going to do different sets. So comment below on this video with your set list request with songs you want us to play. It doesn't matter how old the song is of mine or how new the song is of mine. Um, we would love to be able to read through that. And we're going to put together these set lists for you guys. And um, man, that... Uh, I wish we could get to your city. I wish we could get to you right now. It's killing me to not be on the road. And this is the next best thing we could do is play these songs on a live stream. And I just, I wanted to be able to scratch that itch somehow. The second thing we need to talk about is Yee Yee Apparel summer launch, June the 12th. So this is really important. The reason I'm, I'm going to push this now is because the last several launches we've had have sold out really early. And when I say early, we launch at 10 a.m., which we will on June 12th. We're going to launch at 10 a.m. And we have we have sold out in minutes of some of our some of the more popular items. And so we are making more orders and we're we're increasing our inventory a little bit on these. But the, the balance is that we want to be able to sell out quickly. To, to push that product quick. And then, and then it gives us a good idea of what to reorder, et cetera, et cetera. All being said, and that none of that matters to you. The, what does matter is, um, 10 AM, June 12th, yee.com or yeeapparel.com. Make sure you go and check it out and, and be ready, uh, to, to get this new stuff. It's really good. I've been working my butt off this week, doing videos and taking pictures and working with Parker and Tyler and Paul or, and Brian and Ant-Man and all these photographers and videographers that have come in and, and really helped us to create what we are really proud of in the summer launch. So be looking for that. How are you guys doing? How's the state of the world? I know that there's, we have now entered a time of the world where there's pockets of people that are doing pretty normal, pretty great. There's pockets of people that are really locked down. And uh, it's it's amazing. You just cross a couple of state lines or a few international borders and you're in a completely different place as far as this shutdown is concerned. So how you doing? Comment below. Let me know. Uh, let me know your pulse. Us here in Texas, we feel very lucky. We feel very blessed um, to to continue to have low numbers and to also be opening up faster and faster and we're seeing good results and it feels very normal touring and is as a touring musician we'll probably be one of the last ones but uh you know, to go back to work which is why we're doing this live stream and, and so we set up also this venmo account at granger smith so that we could hopefully get some tips for the band during that it's like passing around the virtual pickle jar back in the old days of playing bars every night we would pass around a pickle jar that said band tips on it so we'll be doing that virtually 
you know, we've resorted to that these days with zero touring. All that being said, um, a lot of exciting things coming soon. Uh, be watching the socials for the live stream and be watching yee.com for the summer launch. Today's guest, my brother, Tyler Smith, my middle brother. Last week we had Parker, the youngest brother this week, Tyler. And um, Tyler is a fascinating dude. And so I ran over my time on, on my interview with him today. And uh, so I apologize. It's going to cut off a little abruptly, but he is such a fascinating dude. He has, he just will spit out these, um, these little moments of, of like genius wisdom. It just, they just come out and you'll hear him say it in a minute. And it always shocks me. And, and me and him, <laughs> we, we butt heads a lot because I'm, I'm, he, he's very directive and passionate and I'm very, um, loose and creative. And so it works really well in business, but at the same time, sometimes it clashes and we'll get into that a little bit. You'll get to know Tyler a little bit, but we're also going to have to continue this interview and do another one. I don't know if it'll be next week, but it'll be, it'll be, we'll do a follow-up one so you could hear more about him because we got to talking on this one. So I think you're going to like it. You're in for a treat. He's, he's, it's not, I'm not just saying that cause he's my brother, but he's literally one of the most interesting people you'll ever meet. And so is Parker. I'm very proud of both of them. Without further ado, welcome to the podcast. Here's my guest. Okay, we were walking down the hall to bring you in here, and you're like, what are we talking about? And I admittedly said that I don't have a plan, and that kind of scared you. You're like, well, are you sure you want to do something without, are you sure you don't want to think about it? But um, usually on this podcast, that's just what I do. Okay. Don't plan anything. And uh, you are um, one of the most, if not the most interesting humans i know in what way and i feel like i've known i do know a lot of humans uh just from traveling with touring and what where music has taken us across the world we've met some interesting people presidents of the united states you know um foreign ambassadors crazy rock stars you were one of the most interesting people i know is that a good thing or a bad thing it's a it, well, it's a good thing and that's why I wanted you on this podcast. Last week we did Parker, and so we didn't have a plan with Parker either. We just what did y'all talk about? I didn't listen to it yet. You didn't listen? To it? No. <laughs> did you not really? No. It's it's good. Um, we talked about basically his role here at Yee Apparel, and how he we brought me and you stole him away from another kind of career he would have had in real estate from A and M, and and now then I, he's the CEO. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a quick rise. Yeah. I also talked about how I, I still miss that little boy that Parker was since there's 13 years difference between me and him and 10 years difference between you and him and how we mom and dad took us to Fuddruckers and told him, told us that they were pregnant. And, um, then, then we talked through his role here and, and how we've kind of changed the business plan. And so with you just off the top of my head, I guess we can go and talk about us growing up as brothers. A lot of people in the comments, the Parkers were like, put Tyler on there, put Tyler on there, which is, 
which is understandable. And so we're, from where we sit right here, Tyler's office is on the other wall, on the other side of this wall, and Parker is over here. So um, I think it's a huge blessing that we get to work together. Um, three brothers, it's, you know, it's not always easy. Me and you have a lot harder of a time than you and Parker or me and Parker. And that's because partly because Parker's so passive. You know what I just realized? And I don't know if I'm telling you tell this in front of everybody you can edit it if, if not but you know i what don't I, edit these by the way you know what i i realized today was exactly what you're saying for whatever reason our personalities like we obviously do really well together but sometimes we have some issue minor issues brother stuff right but and i it, it, both of our relationships are different with me and uh you and me and parker yeah okay but what I was, i'm getting to is in my head today, I was like, because London lately, she she has little tendencies of things that you do. And I find myself like thinking to myself, like, like trying to like get, like, <laughs> get back at her a little bit. Like we kind of like, we don't bicker, like, but you know what I mean? Like, it's the same stuff you and me do. And like you and me go at each other. Obviously, I don't go after London. But then Lincoln and Parker, like I have the same relationship with Lincoln and Parker. Like Parker's, like you said, four, 10 years younger than me. So he was a little baby when we were kids. So there's still that little, bro- and so same with Lincoln, but with you and London are, are similar in that way. It's weird. Cause London is I so strong willed and I could see so that. independent. She's, she's very passionate. Her way um, or no way. And I'm and, kind of the same way. And, so. and a lot of times her way is also wrong. Yeah. Which is similar to me, you know. I'm very I get very passionate about a certain way and But she'll never admit that she's wrong. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Well, so that so that's part of our story is that you know, here we are, the brother crew, the three brothers, but you and I go back much longer than Parker has been with Yi Yi. Even though Parker was there the day Yi Yi was said as Earl. Um and it is uh, it, it needs to be said that me and you go back way before um, Parker. We go back to 2000, what, 2008? Well, these <clears throat> mics are really directional. So get closer? Yeah. Um, like officially, but I remember being at Rice and um, I used to go to this spot on campus where nobody else was, I don't know, it was just one random building, and I'd go down in like Houston. In, a, in the yeah. Rice University in Houston. You know, I graduated in 2007, May. So I would go down to that basement and book shows, specifically remember um, booking shows. I still got that green book. So it was before 2008. It wasn't full-time until 2007. Well, I graduated, and I went and worked at a bank which I hated, uh, gave them a, I committed to it though. So morally I wanted to give them a year, um, you know, do what I could. And so anyway, that, so that was like literally to the, to the day that I started, um, let's just say summer 2007, quit summer 2008, and then was full time, like everything then. And basically you're, what you usually say is you were mad that nothing was happening. I was putting out these records and, um, no one was going to the shows and I wasn't getting any more shows and no one was really hearing the music and you were mad. I was with a big management company 
out of Nashville and I was living in College Station, Texas. So I was their only act that was in Texas. I was their only act that was in a small town really in Texas doing the van and trailer touring. And, and so understandably I was forgotten and I didn't think about it that much as much as you did. It really bothered you. And so I remember you getting so mad while you're working at that bank that, that I wasn't getting shows booked, et cetera, et cetera. And so you said, screw it. I could book a hundred times the shows that you're getting. And so the first year that you came on, was it 08 when you, when you first came on and we started playing all those shows? Yeah. We were playing like Wednesday through Saturday mm-hmm. and it was the crappiest shows. Yeah. So you came through, you delivered on your promise. And so you really didn't start as manager. You didn't say, I want to manage you. You said, I want to book you. So that's how you started. Well, I don't, yeah, I, lo- I, I did love booking. I really did. I had a passion for it. Um, I loved working numbers. I guess I was fresh out of school, econ, I guess. I didn't like econ, but I just loved entrepreneurship and building brands and success and, 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 and money and numbers. Um, yeah. So we started booking, but, um, those shows, I remember the, there was always just so many secrets and tricks, not really tricks, but just, it was always about just being a good person and being honest and booking these shows and telling the promoters if I could ever get them on the phone, that's a whole nother topic, but telling the promoters, look, I'm not guaranteeing that we're going to sell your place out, but we're going to put on a good show and we'll only take, you know, X amount of the door, $5 ticket price. They're basically telling them to the people that are watching that there's going to be no risk on your end. You know, we're not going to ask for a high, high money guarantee and all that stuff. Um, so anyway, well, like you said, we go do those shows and like nobody would be there. Nobody. Like when we say nobody would be there, we don't mean there was a hundred people there. It was just a waitress. So my, my job never <laughs> ended. And, and my job at that point was to buddy up with the owner that I called and, and booked that show with and talk to him in his office for about whatever he wanted to talk about. And just be a chameleon and and uh, and and win his trust and be his friend, get his number, text him and say. And, and so basically what I'm getting at is we built that trust and that friendship where when I called this guy back and said, hey, can we get another date? First of all, I'm, I would try to get a date in that office as we we're closing out. And a lot of times that was that was the, the, a big trick and a ticket like we leave and we got another date. But I would call him back and he'd say, hey, Tyler, man, look you're awesome. I love you. I love your brother. You guys got a great band, but we lost money last time. Nobody came, but I like you and your brother. Uh, We'll give you another date. So that was kind of the trick. And then we would, we just slowly built it that way. We got into a lot of places that we shouldn't have gotten into a lot earlier because of that. And we should say one of your, you call it tricks. Um, one of the techniques you used was on email, on the subject line. Yeah. Should I even say it on this podcast? It's such a, it's yeah, such a Tyler bring Smith it, technique. Bring it. So we still is, need to get in so there. So th- there needs to be many podcasts with Tyler. And so this is hopefully <laughs> be the first of many because there's so many stories. And if you're a, a, a beginning artist or a beginning musician, you could learn a lot from Tyler and the path that we took. 
in in one one way you could look at it is you do not need to go get you a big Nashville manager or LA manager or you big... just need somebody that believes in you with everything. Yeah. Yeah. And and nothing is going to get find, done. Though. Nothing is going to get done unless you do it. That that is the bottom line. And so to one one technique Tyler used when these people he would email them and say, "Hey, my name is Tyler Smith. I book uh, a band, Granger Smith." And it, we we would actually try not to play up the brother thing too much because we didn't want to sound too homegrown. So we would he would email and make the pitch and then not hear anything and then not hear anything and then not hear anything. So the technique Tyler would use is we'll say Bob at Silver Creek Saloon, whatever. I'm just making just making names up. He'd say. The subject line of the email would say, no longer working at Silver Creek Saloon, question mark. And then the, the body of the email would say, hey, Bob, um, heard a rumor you're not with Silver Creek. I, I'll just say, I'm just going to say it. It was Don. Don Don started Bucky's for all of you guys that know Bucky's. Absolutely love that place. It's a gas station in the south. We live in Texas. They're everywhere. And amazing food, clean restrooms. Like They're just top, top notch. And so... They're, 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 they're also very supportive of regional artists, musicians, that sort of thing. So we, we had like t-shirts already in there, in that, in their stores. Um, and then we came out with our energy drink, E energy. And, um, so we were just calling everybody we could to try to get it in there. And we, we already had our stuff in Bucky's. And so, um, a mutual friend of ours, somebody that runs our website, knew the owner, hooked me up with their email, connected us on an email, I should say. And he never responded to the email. It was, you know, he's one of many, though. Y- yeah, Don's one of many. Oh yeah, I'm just this. Is, we the, just still joke about that, this. That was just a big example. But but the 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 key thing to this whole thing is if you, if no one's replying to you, if you put in the subject line, Bob, <laughs> uh, no longer working at Silver so Saloon. I emailed Don mark. two two times, three times, nothing. I was like, screw it. So I said. I was pissed, and I said, "Are you no no longer working there? Like in the in the subject, Don, no longer CEO of Bucky's or owner of Bucky's? Did you get fired?" Like I was like jabbing at him, and I, I knew he was going to respond. And sure enough, literally, like after weeks of no return emails, literally, literally five minutes after I sent that email, he he sent back a reply, really pissed and short. Yeah, like something like, "Yeah, what are you talking about? Who told you that?" And I was like. <laughs> Hey, hey, Don, now that I got your attention, thanks for the response. We got Yee Energy. We're looking to put it in your store. That is playing to someone's ego. <laughs> they cannot stand to let an email go by that says that there's a rumor that they're not working at the company that they're actually the CEO or the bar owner for or the booker for. And so Tyler's been doing that trick for 12 years or maybe more to uh, these small town bar owners. We had so many problems. Like sometimes I remember one specifically was at Brownwood, Texas. You know, you would get the show booked, and this is once again, no one knew who we were. So Tyler's just going on merit with these the guys. Tequila that, place, yeah, yeah. So we were booking it based on, hey, I know, I know they're not going to draw anybody to your club, but the people you do have there will love this band and they'll want to come back. And that was our goal: get them, get them one at a time, where the people that were there would start to be fans. And so you would do it on merit, and then we would we would send them a contract. You know, but then they hardly ever would sign it and send it back. They would prefer we just showed up. And so this happened a few times, one specifically tequila something in Brownwood, Texas. We showed up and they 
that guy that booked it with you was had been fired. And they didn't know we were coming. And then no one knew we were coming. They were all locked. And so here we go on a Friday night with the van and trailer and all the band who's going to get, you know, I was paying them like a hundred bucks a Nobody night. Nobody was there. And no one was there. And I was, you know, that was just one of those days where, were you with us or was mm, I calling? I was selling merch. Yeah, you're selling merch. So we've come a long way. And that's why these conversations are so interesting, especially if you're, if you're a beginning musician, you're listening to this podcast, you're thinking about it. Um, I can't stress enough that first of all, you don't have to leave your little hometown. You don't have to move to a big music city. You don't have to sign a big record label or big management or big booking agency. You could do it with you and your brother. Now you got to be passionate about it and you got to, you got to work or smart. Or you can do it yourself as long or, as you or can. Yourself. Or yourself. I mean, cause I did find, it all the way. Hopefully find somebody yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, so then fast forward, things start going good. Um, we, we get to, we get to a place. Fast forwarded through a lot. Well, I'm fast forward. Started getting good. No, I'm, yeah. We had a lot of bad days. Um, <clears throat> we, we had, we had some moments like me and you had some heated moments in empty parking lots. And a lot of the frustration with no one coming to the shows and no one listening to the music that we were so passionate about. We worked so hard on building something and when you would continually hit your head with a hammer every Friday night, when especially when you you would build, we would build something a little bit. Like say we would have a hundred people at a place in Commerce, Texas, um, Thirsty Mule, whatever, Drunken Mule, Drunken Mule. We would build something, and we'd have a hundred and twelve people at Drunken Mule Commerce, Texas on a Friday night. And we'd think, gum, we're kind of kind of working here. This this town's really coming around. And then we'd play there again a year later, and there'd be 84 people. We're like, whoa, we're going down. And so you remember the time you were selling merch in Commerce? Mm. And you looked up on the, on, on the railing, and you had put, what, a sticker? Mm. A Granger Smith sticker on the railing. It was the Don't Listen to Radio, that white one. And you realized that we had been doing the same, playing the same place for years and nothing had changed. The mm. numbers hadn't gone up. In fact, maybe they had gone down. And you lost your mind about that. And another time happened to me in Nacogdoches or Tyler, Texas. Tyler. Tyler, Texas, electric something. <laughs> his name's no, it, name. wasn't the, uh, it was the, um, we played it twice, one with Robert O'Keen and like Josh Abbott. And then once or twice by, we always played the electric cowboy. That was, uh, yeah. And anyway, the other no place. one came, and I was in the parking lot, and I remember just that was one of my bigger breakdowns in the music business. I just I asked the band, "How's it look?" And they're like, "Well, no, no one's in there." And you know, years of work, and I just I just remember throwing suitcases outside in the parking lot. I, I was chunking them out of the trailer, and I just decided to just take go for a walk and just leave. Mm. And I thought I had disappeared. And you found me at a storage unit lot, mm-hmm. hiding in between the storage units, just curled up in a little ball. And you somehow, I don't know how you tracked me there, but um, I was literally going to sit in that storage unit in the dark and just let the time of our set list go until it was they closed and just not show up. I think part of me was, part of it was getting you for the show. Part of it was, I think I said something that I probably regretted. Yeah, I don't know about nobody being there and blaming whatever. But so let's fast forward a bit. 
Um, let's fast forward from there like three years to like 2012, 13. And the, all of a sudden it switched. We, you went from an outgoing email, outgoing phone we're call We're talking guy. about bad things, but those times were fun. Great band. Yeah. Like we're all yeah. road buddies. Yeah. So anyway. we, we went from, you went from outgoing email, outgoing phone call guy to incoming email, incoming phone call guy over the course of from 2012 to, to 2016, you know, during well, that whole period. Well, I wouldn't say incoming. I would just say they would respond 50% right. of the time instead of zero. So then we left Texas and then you started over, started from scratch when we left Texas and then you were booking places that we'd never even been to states. We hadn't even traveled to like yeah. Portland, Oregon, you know, you're calling Portland, Oregon and you're saying, Hey John, my name's Tyler Smith. I'm trying to book my band there. Tractor Tavern in Seattle, man. Yeah. He, he wouldn't do it. And I was doing the same thing. And after that show, we sold it out. He, he sent me an email. I said, dude, I'm sorry. I eat, I eat my, I'll eat my words or eat crow or whatever. He said, I've never in my entire career, I've never been wrong, this wrong yeah. about a band. I've always yeah, had an, an yeah. idea. But so you were calling them and, and we're calling these rock clubs because that's the only thing that that's the only average size venue we can get into. We'd call a rock club in Seattle, Dante's Washington. Dante's in Portland. Dante's in Portland, Oregon. And they would be like, never heard of you. Like, well, we're from Texas, and we, we've never been there. We've never played there. They're like, what are your numbers? Well, we've never had numbers there, but we sell a lot of T-shirts there, <laughs> you know? Like, we, we send T-shirts there, and we feel like if, we just, if you give us a shot, I think people would come. And he's like, well, didn't they just end up saying, well, I'll give you, a, like, a Monday, and you yeah. could just take the $5, we'll charge yeah. $5 at the door, and you could just keep all that. Yeah, they like, would give Done. us their worst night. And so it was no risk on their end, and it was, you know, we were ready to go, do whatever we could to get people in there. Yeah. So the there's like five-year clumps that we've gone through where every five years your role changes, evolves, but you're learning something from the previous clump of years that you apply to the new year, new clump of years that has it new challenges. Yeah, it and never it's ends. never gotten easier or better or worse. It's pick, it's pick your problems. It's pick your <laughs> yeah. problems and not choose bigger problems. Like the bigger problems, the better. Yeah. The, because ultimately, you know, the amount of effort that you spend on them and brain power and all that stuff is, is the same. It's just the re risk and reward is a lot better. Yeah. Let's go play this arena with this artist. Or do you want to go, you know, what we're talking about right now? Yeah. So... <sighs> From then on, most of these people watching or listening, if, if you're a fan or if you follow this podcast, um, most of you know the story from 2015 on. And the, the years before that were vague because not many people were following us. Uh, and, and so we'll talk a lot about that. And I think that'll be a, a good podcast on our transition to major record label world and how your role went from basically tour manager, booking agent, um, merch seller to manager, which is very different. You know, manager now, you don't overlook uh, road merch as much. You don't book shows. You just approve them when they come through. Um, you, you don't deal with tour management at all. Like you don't care when lunch is for the band. And 
a lot of that has to do with having amazing team members and yep. trusting Chris, our tour manager, who I believe is the best in the business. And I don't need to because he's the best. Braden, our booking agent, I trust everything he brings our way. And so half the time I say, dude, he'll ask me, what do you want to do? I said, I, I trust you, whatever you think. So if there was ever a, it's a great team, if there was such a true blessing in everything besides fans, it would be uh, having a loyal team. Yeah, dude, this doesn't happen without a team. You know that yeah. our label team, yeah. our you know publicity team, our yeah, our road team, everybody, and, top to bottom. And it's a, even a, a whole new level now with this virus that those guys are all the guys you just named, Braden, Chris, the the band, the, the, everyone is still loyal um, through these uncertain times. And, um, so that's, and that's where my first, my first job when this hit and we stopped touring was take care of the guys that have taken care of us. But all all that being said, and I want this probably to be another podcast and I want to kind of dive into that. But, but right now I started this by saying you're one of the most interesting guys that I know. And so let's talk about you and outside of music, outside of, um, manager, outside of Yee apparel, um, outside of Earl Dibbles, let's talk about you as a person, starting with um, your desire to strive for greatness as a person, um, which then filters into business, but it starts with you as a person. So let's start with like your morning routine, where that came from, how long you've been doing it, why you do it, why, why it bled into me and Amber and Parker and mom and many other people that have followed your lead? Well, I have a very obsessive personality. I think it's all or nothing with me, you know? Yeah. Um, For instance, I'm not going to drink one beer. If I'm going to drink, I'm probably just going to get really drunk. But I don't. (laughs) But at at the same time, I'm going through a thing right now where I haven't drank in, you know, 90 days. But it started with it started and with. Hang on, uh, you sounded like it, that sounded like you're an alcoholic of some sort, but you're not. You're just no. proving a point that when you do something, it's, you do it to the fullest, I, whatever that it's is. It's all mental thing with me. It's yeah. all a mindset um, to see how I can push myself. But um, it started honestly with it's always been like um, inside me. But Parker is the one that brought it out of me when when I was living with him, uh, and I would wake up at eight thirty nine nine thirty whatever it was look out the window and his car would be gone. I'd be like, damn it. Like he's already gone. Like he's, he won. He, he like very competitive, right? He's winning the day already ahead of me. He's, he's out there doing something productive and I've been sleeping. And so somehow we eventually started talking and he showed me, um, a book called the miracle morning, um, that started it all for me. And so he showed me, like I said, let me see your notes. Like he was writing his notes, like he was having his little time in the morning by himself and then he would leave and I was sleeping during that time. So luckily, man, I just, I just fell in love with it. And, um, it's, it's a huge passion of mine and basically long story short, it's, it's about, um, waking up in the morning early, not hitting your alarm. It's, it's, it's about so many things. I don't even know where to start, but it's about controlling your day. It's about not reacting one of the biggest things I could tell anybody watching right now that's super simple, there's so many layers of this, but the easiest and, and, and one of the first things I started doing was don't sleep with your phone by your nightstand. Put it in a d- different room. If you can, I put mine now, I put it on just on the other side of the room. But so many years I would wake up, even in the middle of the night, you know, if you kind of wake up, you just check your phone 
And, and, but so many of us, probably all of us wake up and check our phone and immediately we got emails, we got texts, we got missed calls. So you're reacting to, to the day. You're immediately reacting to other people's problems. So you, the, the whole premise is you have to control your day and you start off by protecting yourself, protecting the asset, which I like to call it, which is yourself and uh, put your phone away and don't look at it for at least 30 minutes after waking up. I, I don't look at mine um, typically f- until an hour and a half or two hours after I wake up. And what time do you wake up? Five. Seven days a week? Last night, no, because we were shooting until midnight. Yeah. But I get eight hours, man. And everybody everybody says, you know, there's kind of this weird stigma and this pride of like, I can I can go on four and five hours. But man, I, I just, I read and I study and research a lot on this stuff. I'm by no means an expert, but I just, I know me and I'm like, I, I get my eight hours. It's like so important to get your sleep. If you don't get your sleep, then, um, you so know. what time do you go to bed? If I get up at five, I go to, I'm in bed at eight and I read and then. It's perfect. It's lights out by nine. But right there, right there, does anyone know anybody that goes to bed at eight? That's not a little kid. So right uh, there, you're one of the most interesting schedule keepers. It's, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. I'm very regimented. And that's why I asked you, it's like, what are we talking about? Like, I need to know a schedule. Like my, Mm -hmm. my day is planned every hour, like five o'clock till I go to bed that I'm, I have a schedule and I've been struggling honestly lately with, if I get out of that routine, I struggle in my mind kind of starts doing doing its thing and um so I'm, I'm trying to get better in that but anyway meditation i do that first thing in the and morning how long since you've been getting up how long have you been getting up at 5 a.m uh going on almost uh two years almost two years well it, it started at like with parker thing it started at like if i was getting up at 8 30 i recommend everybody start like 15 minutes earlier 30 minutes earlier. So it started eight o'clock, seven thirty, and it ended up at five. And lately I've been like, man, I'm going to try to do four thirty. And you're, and it's important for everyone to know that you're not like an early riser by nature. No, my, no. You're I, a sleeper, opposite. man. You're like my a whole life. sleep till noon kind of guy. So that's what's so different about it. That's why, that's what shows the mental discipline and power is because you're not naturally just an early riser. I, I want to, yeah, I want to, a phrase that I really like is, um, do hard things, have an easy life or do easy things and have a hard life. Ooh, so that's good. I love doing hard things. So like waking up is hard for me. W- waking up, everybody's guilty. You hit the snooze. How many times you hit it? And immediately when you're hitting the snooze, you're lying to yourself. If you made a promise to yourself, why'd you set an alarm if you didn't intend on getting up at that time? <laughs> so when you set an alarm for that's five, good. like if you snooze, you're starting your, your day off by lying to yourself. And I'm big on keeping the promises you make to yourself. And so it's so, man, I, it's like Christmas morning. It's so weird. The feeling I get when my alarm goes off, boom, I'm up. Like there's no, there's nothing in my mind that wants to sleep because I've calloused my mind in a way and immediately start by, by being grateful and, uh, you know, saying, um, thank you God for this day. Like, and I have like all these affirmations in my shower. So I go meditate. I do cold showers every day that I'm obsessed with. Um, and it's hard things that like you, you psych yourself up for, but you, uh, you have so much info and we're running out People of time on here. Crazy. We're running out of time. So I want to do this again. I want to continue this, but, uh, yeah, more from Tyler on the next podcast. Love you guys. And you'll hear, you'll hear about this interesting dude a lot more. See you guys. See ya.